Legends, what is happening? It is Sunday. I've gone for a run, a nice big beach walk this morning. So that's my two workouts for 75 Hard Done and Dusted. And today, I have a nice little special episode for you all, which is actually a request uh, from someone that has been watching the podcast. So like I said, guys, if you do have any requests for me to speak about anything at all, give my opinion, give my perspective, whatever it might be. Um, and if it's not something that I'm educated in, even better because I'll go back and do the homework and um, be able to bring you guys something that I'm learning as well, which will be beneficial for both of us. But drop a comment, send me a message, do anything at all. Like I said, send me a smoke signal, carry a pigeon or whatever, and um, get the message out to me that you'd like me to cover something specific because I do have a nice big long list of chunky and juicy content I want to give out to you guys. But if there's something that you'd like me to cover specifically, I'll prioritize that first um, to try and give you that value as soon as possible. So uh, shout out to Justin for shooting this one into me. Um, appreciate it, brother. And we're going to be speaking about, I guess, boxing and what it looks like when it comes to doing weight cuts and that sort of stuff. Now, just to start with, before we go any further, I want to pre-frame this by saying that I'm not a professional boxer by any means. Um, I've had a few fights. One I had to do a weight cut for. So we're going to speak about that one in particular. Now, um, I had an eight-week fight camp for this. And to give you a bit of context, I came back from Europe after a six-week bender last year, um, and I was in a world of hurt. And previously that year, I had my first fight, which was a corporate fight through Corporate Fighter. Uh, but I continued boxing at the gym that I had been training at during this time, which um, was Wicked Bods and Surface. And then for anyone on the Gold Coast that wants a boxing gym to check out, definitely check that one out. Shout out to Mark Matthew and the team there because of the culture they've created. It literally feels like a second family and a second home. Um, couldn't recommend any more highly. little shameless plug there for you guys. But um, So I had my first fight and this was a corporate, so there was no weight cut or anything like that. At the time, I was doing 75 hard. So I was training through it normally with the gym. I was going to boxing. I was doing lots sort of stuff and... Got in the ring after the eight-week fight camp, and for anyone that's been in the ring their first time, everything you've been working on goes out the window. Well, for most people anyway, that adrenaline kicks in, and boom, everything goes out the window. So for anyone that's worried about their first fight and worried about how it's going to go, especially if you have 16-ounce gloves and headgear, um, don't worry too much. Yeah, it's going to hurt. Shit, yeah, but... Um, as long as you've got the lungs for it, that's the main thing, and that's uh, the... Um, inkling I've got from a lot of people and a lot of coaches saying that as long as you've got the lungs for those first couple of fights, that's all that really counts and all that really matters. They call them uh, smokers heats or smokers tournaments because it's just whoever's got the most lungs can go through, right? Can push through. So anyways, that was the first fight. Went to Europe uh, for six weeks and ripped right in. I'm not going to even hold back and try and tell you that it wasn't absolute debauchery the entire time because it was. Um, and this is once again, I'm just putting this out there. But I am never going to sit here and tell you that I'm never going to drink or take drugs again. That's not something that I'm going to put my name to because I know for a fact that if I go on holidays and there's an opportunity for me to go to a festival or something, I might partake for sure. But in day-to-day life and in every weekend thing, that's not who I am anymore. Um, so if you're someone that looks up to me as someone that's never going to do that sort of stuff again, I'm just putting this out there to say that that is the choice that I'm making is to not do it 99% of the time. But the other 1% of the time, I will be drinking. And I'm not saying I'm not going to, yeah? I'm just putting that out there. But anyways, back to what we're talking about. So this second fight camp, um, it was about a month after I got back from Europe, I think, after my birthday. I started on the Monday. And uh, we lined up to get a fight with a fella um, through one of the local Gold Coast promotions here on the Gold Coast. 
And my coach pretty much said to me, look, um, if you want to do this, we're going to go all in. And the thing is, whether you win or lose, at the end of the day, if you put 100% into this fight camp, the outcome doesn't matter. Of course, getting a victory is what we want. That's that's the outcome we desire. But even if that's not the outcome, if you put 100% into this fight camp and leave not one stone unturned and you come up with a loss, then you're still a win because you've transformed and given 100% of your most to that fight camp, right? Um, and to be fair, that's actually what happened. So I'll talk more about that in a second, but back to the first fight camp. Oh, sorry, second fight camp. So this one was a little bit different. Um, I actually had to make a weight. So at the time, I got back from Europe. I was about 92 kilos, uh, give or take. And between the – so I think it was a month after I got back from Europe um, when we started the fight camp. And in that month, I hadn't really been drinking. I had a wedding and I had my birthday. But other than that, I hadn't been drinking that time through there. And yeah, look, put it this way. I hadn't lost, lost much weight. I wasn't really going to the gym. My food and everything like that wasn't great. Um, I was still pretty much in holiday mode, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, still hadn't got back in the swing of things. So started the fight camp and I had to make weight at 81 kilos. So from 92, that's an 11 kilo weight cut. And for anyone out there that knows what that's like, um, that in eight weeks is achievable, but it's not sustainable. And it actually caused a lot of issues for me later down the track. Um, we'll talk more about that as well. Hey, hello. Sorry for interrupting your podcast, but I just wanted to quickly jump on and tell you about the must-have personal development tool for 2023, and it's called the Happier, Healthier You Journal. So I'll take you back to about six years ago. I'd just gotten out of jail for the last time and was starting my journey of personal development and growth. There was heaps of gurus, heaps of information available, but so much so that it became confusing. So I came up with the Happier, Healthier You Journal to help you to navigate what can be an absolute minefield. From the very get-go, you open the page and it'll challenge you to dive deep with self-assessments, daily activities, and check-ins to figure out exactly where you're at, where you'd like to be. And then from there, the journal becomes the tool to help you to bridge that gap. So to get your hands on this, click on the link below and don't forget to use Interchange 10 at checkout for a cheeky 10% off. I'll see you back over on the episode. So anyways, Fight Camp, first four weeks or three weeks, we did a little bit of skill stuff um, on the pads and whatnot, but most of it was just conditioning. So getting used to moving the body and being that I was doing 75 hard again, yes, I love 75 hard. This was actually the second time last year I did it, and now I'm currently on the third time of doing it, day 48 as of today, I believe. But started 75 hard, which meant I had to do two workouts. So one of those would be a boxing workout, one would be a conditioning workout. I'd either go for a run. I might go to the gym and do a little bit of weights. I had a couple of conditioning workouts, which my coach, James, shout out to you, brother. You're an absolute weapon. And I um, really, really appreciate your support through this journey that I've been on um, and all the time that I've spent with you as well. It's always been my corner, man. Really appreciate it. Um, back to what I was saying, a couple of conditioning workouts, whatever it might be. And so I guess the, the way that my training looked for the first four weeks was I'd probably do one session on the pads, hitting pads. And every session we started with something gross. Um, and it might have been like, you know, three two-minute rounds with one-minute breaks on the ski erg or on the roller and then going into some conditioning. So maybe like one minute on of an exercise, next minute of another exercise, next minute of another exercise, then one-minute break and doing like four or five rounds of that. So just gross stuff. And I'm talking like med ball slams, burpees, um, boxing, and then like jump uh, box jumps and just all the shit that you don't like doing. Uh, that was the stuff we were doing for the first few weeks. And Hey guys, sorry to interrupt again, but if you're liking what you see so far, 
Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends. Remember, all your support is really appreciated and I'll see you back over on the episode. To James's credit, during this time, obviously then with my own work as well, um, doing the runs that I was doing, the shadow boxing every day, and that's another thing as well, shadow boxing every day was something that came in really handy, visualizing it. Um, but with then and also doing the conditioning, uh, once again, I had a 45 minute to do outdoors every day. So I was usually doing conditioning at least three to five times a week outside as well as going for a run and uh, then doing shadow, shadow boxing outside. But um, with this all this conditioning that I did, my resting heart rate, I've got a whoop that tracks all my stuff and my resting heart rate got down to about 34 beats per minute at the peak. Um, I'll put a screenshot of that actually in this um Instagram uh, in this Instagram in this uh, video, uh in this podcast so you guys can see and my heart rate variability was up at about 127 so that shows that stress actually wasn't too bad and my autonomic nervous system wasn't under too much stress I was just very very healthy at the time very very fit so anyways what I noticed though across this time with this fight camp because I was in such a deficit my calories were down from about 36 to 4 grand where they'd usually be down to about 1800 is where I got them to so I was to obviously make weight um, and trust me I made weight I made it pretty well I was literally uh, on the on the money pretty much on the day I was 80.7 I think I weighed in at but doing this weight cut really messed me up um, it made me angry it made me really aggressive it made me really short with everyone around me and at the time um, I was living with my ex-partner my son was here week on week off and also living with a couple of flatmates and it wasn't fair on them because of how cranky and angry I was getting. And I don't care what you say. If you're hungry all the time, you are not the best version of you. Uh, when you're fighting, I find like you're the best version of you. But doing a weight cut to go with that, uh, you're not the best version of you. And shout out right now to all the fighters out there that do this shit day in and day out because nothing but respect for you guys. That is real mentality and real hard men shit. Um, yeah, so I found that I couldn't train in the gym. Um, and for me to perform at my best in boxing, I had to focus purely on boxing. And this is a conversation I've had with many people about this type of stuff. You do need to focus on that one thing. Um, if you're trying to get amazing at it, right, you can't be doing all sorts of different things. And the gym was something that slowed me down. I was getting sore from it. If I was training legs, I couldn't move around like I needed to do. Um, uh, all sorts of stuff that it caused that wasn't ideal and optimal for what I was trying to do, which was obviously perform in the ring. Now, being that this is my first fight and it was not first fight but first proper fight and I hadn't actually sparred this person before, I started to get those nerves, of course. And um, leading up to it, there was a lot of that kicking, a lot of that self-doubt, a lot of that imposter syndrome, a lot of that why are you even doing this? And the best piece of advice I give to anyone that's going into this situation, especially if it's your first fight or something like that, is push through it because all that hard work you're doing right now is so worth it when you get to the end, whether it's a win or a lose. Remember, only like 1% of the world will ever step into that ring. So you're already in the minority of people that have the heart, have the ticker, have the courage and the strength to overcome that thing. Because let's be fair. Yes, there's some people out there that absolutely froth this shit and can't wait to get in the ring. But for most of us, myself included, it's a scary thing. It doesn't matter how conditioned you are and how many times you've been in the ring, especially if it's a big high stakes fight, there's going to be those nerves there. Um, But obviously, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And that's the thing. Okay, remember, the more you do something, the easier it gets. So if you're wanting to get into the world of fighting, start. It's as simple as that, okay? I had no fighting experience before starting my first fight camp last year in January. The level of my fighting had been, you know, street fights, getting bashed at parties. Like I said, getting bashed. I lost more fights than I'd won, and I'm very open about that. And hitting the pads in jail. 
Uh, I had a couple of fights in jail, but very little ones that were just shit. But anyways, long story short, that was the level of my fighting. So, but now it's turned into something that I absolutely love. And the reason I love it is because it's something that challenges me. Because still to this day, even when I go to sparring on a Thursday, and I talk to all the boys that I spar with about this, and they're all exactly the same. They're like, ah, oh, here we go again. We're about to get punched in the face. That never really goes away. Um, yes, you can love it. And for me, I look forward to it. I used to hate it. I used to dread it. But now I look forward to it because it's like, by the end of this, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to have learned something. It's going to be a lesson. But the thing is, it, it does get easier. It's just one of those things you have to continually do. Put yourself in that deep water and learn to swim real quick. But with this fight that I was coming up for, yeah, I, I stopped going to the gym. Uh, my food was just day in, day out, same thing. My level of sweetness was having a bit of watermelon in my salad. And I was looking forward to my protein shakes. That's because I just, just had no other sugar or anything. So I made weight, but what that actually did to my body was not great. So my stress levels, and this is the thing because I did it so quickly, I think, and also let's give you some more context. So I ran two marathons last year. I had one fight earlier in the year, a couple of half marathons, a six-week uh, bender in Europe. And during this time, I didn't really train properly for any of those events apart from the last boxing fight. Now, for anyone that knows how the hormones and the androgen system works in the body, the body doesn't like to produce hormones correctly if you're under stress and under load all the time. And I was very stressed. My body was shattered. So after this last fight camp, my testosterone stopped producing. I lost my main sex hormone, my male sex hormone, I should say, um, which meant that my drive, my, especially my sex drive, uh, my ambitions and all that sort of stuff all went out the window. Um, so all I'm trying to say here is make sure you do things the right way. Take your time to do it. There's no rush. There's always tomorrow. There's always next week. Yes, but also don't use that as an excuse to not pull the trigger on your goals. So now I'm back to health. Um, I'm good where I need to be. It's taken some time, taken the process. And no, I haven't used TRT either for anyone asking. I've done it all naturally. If you want some more advice around that, then hit me up. I'm happy to have a chat to you about how I did it and what worked for me. I'm not saying this is going to work for you, but I can talk to you about what has worked for me and some things that you can start to try. But the amount of stress from this last fight was crazy. Um, my nose is still caved in from sparring, not from the actual fight. So we'll talk about the fight in a second, but from sparring, my nose is caved in so I can only breathe through one nostril. It's a lot on the body. So this is the thing I want to ask you guys is, and a bit of advice for anyone out there is, this is the thing. What are you trying to achieve from this fight? What is it that you want to get? Is it to prove to yourself that you're capable of it? And if it is, pull the trigger on that and 100% go all in. Are you trying to prove something to someone else? And if that's the case, have a real think about it because this is a lot, okay? It's, it's going to consume your life if you do it properly. Um, and it literally did for me. My, my life, especially for the last two or three weeks of fight camp, were just boxing. I lived and breathed it every day. That's all I was doing. Uh, I lost the 11 kilos. I got down to like, I think, 8% body fat or 7% body fat, and I looked ridiculous, but my moods and everything were all over the shop, and it wasn't fair because I was taking these moods out of my partner at the time, my ex-partner now, um, my son, the people around me, um, but I was living and breathing this boxing thing. And there's once again, shout out to the fighters that do it because I know it's not easy. But the training side of things, it, it literally does consume you, especially if you want to perform at your best in the ring. It's something that you need to be aware of is that it will take over everything else. So if you think you can find the balance between gym and boxing, it needs to be one or the other if you're looking to have a proper amateur fight. That's my opinion, once again. If uh, there's anyone else out there that wants to debate that, I'm happy to hear your opinion on that as well, and I'm happy to take that in, into that perspective into consideration as well. But this is just my experience of this. Um, the food side of things, look, I got used to it. I'm pretty simple with food. 
I didn't really struggle because I knew what the goal was. And that's another thing with the boxing, okay? Think about what the goal is for this. Obviously, we all want to get the win, but what's the real goal behind that goal? What's the why behind the why? Yeah, is it to prove something to yourself? Is it to overcome something? Is it to overcome a fear of fighting, a fear of failure, a fear of whatever it might be? Um, then for sure, just find that why behind it, what, what it is you're actually doing the fight for. Um, and another piece of advice as well is to 100%, like I said, commit to it because you want to make sure that you can put 100% of yourself into it because then, like I said, whether you get a win or a lose, if you've got the right mindset, it doesn't matter because you can always come back and do it again. Now, that's where a lot of people struggle. A lot of people think that they're going to have a loss, especially if it's their first fight and they have a loss. They'll never want to jump in the ring again. But I think that's the wrong mindset to have because that there is just giving into that loss. You're giving your power away to it. But I think that a loss, and this is something that I found um, as very relevant for myself because we'll talk about that fight, like I said, in a second. But my second fight I lost, um, for lack of a better way of putting it, I got knocked out in the first 30 seconds. I wasn't at my best. We had same day weigh-in. Um, old mate that I sparred with, or sorry, fought with, um, had really quick hands. He got me on a beauty of a, a little hook and it got me right on the button. And before I knew it, I was out. And for anyone that's been knocked out, they know what it's like. Like you're literally out, done, boom, gone. I didn't know where I was until I was walking out of the ring. I jumped straight back up, but they called the fight. And in the moment, I would have kept going, but I would have got bashed. I literally would have got bashed. It was a, it was a good shot, but I was also in a very weakened state. My testosterone was very low at the time. And all these things, the stress and everything will affect that and affect the central nervous system and how it responds and, re- and recovers from that sort of stuff. So um, I looked, walked away with the loss, but because I know that I put 100% into that fight camp, I could not have done anything else. And this is my intention behind the actual fight itself was to experience what a fighter goes through to really see what it's like. Because the corporate fight, yeah, sure, it was great. It was cool, but I didn't have to do a weight cut. Didn't have to have the stress of training every day. Didn't have to have any of that stuff, I guess, the weight on my shoulders. So the reason and the, the actual purpose behind me having that fight was number one, to show myself that I could do it in a not so safe environment. Because I think corporate fights, um, when you've been sparring with the people and you know who you're sort of fighting, is one thing. But then to jump in there with someone that you've never met before, you've never sparred before, it's like it's a completely different kettle of fish. It's, it adds that extra bit of edge and that extra bit of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, discomfort, I guess, is probably the best word, and intensity to to the situation. So, and that's exactly what it was like. And for anyone that knows the adrenaline of jumping in the ring and how that feeling is building up to it, and is getting in that ring, you, honestly, there's nothing like it. So, just to be able to feel that in a setting where I hadn't sparred the guy before was something else, and. To, to be fair, like like I said, I took the loss and I'm happy. I, I walked away with that experience knowing exactly what I did and what needed to happen and what I needed to work on. Um, it was literally just the fact of me dropping my hand, dropping my hand and I got copped it on the chin. And like I said, well-placed by um, Jared who I fought. But um, it's just one of those things. And I've had this discussion with a few people now. They're like, man, I don't know if I could jump in there, take a loss and jump back in. But it's just like, anything right if you fall off a bike what do you do do you just give it up and put it away or you keep trying if you're a child walking around trying to walk sorry i should say do you fall over hit your butt hit your head and then stop trying to walk and then just become a baby that crawls everywhere no you don't you stand up on your own two feet and you keep trying until it works out so this is the same with boxing yeah if you take a loss it doesn't mean that's it that's you're a loser Okay, you've got more balls than most people in this entire world, more balls than most people in the entire effing world. That there is making you a winner straight away because you're in the minority of people that have the courage and have the guts to do that shit. But 
what you can do from that experience is look at, okay, where did I mess up? What was it that I, I let go? What was the thing that fell short? Was it my training? Was it my eating? Was it the preparation? Was it the coach? Was it me? What, what can I take away from this situation and what can I learn from it? And this is the thing. If you can take that into every situation that you go into, you're never going to have a failure. You're never going to have a loss. You're only going to have a lesson at worst. And at best, you get the win, even better. Now, on the back end of that, so I got knocked out the night before and the next day was uh, a thing called Mega Mega Run, which is a massive run festival that Meg and Will, who started Mega Run, have started to do every year. And for anyone that's been to one of these, it's an absolute vibe. But I um, was driving up there and I had a real bee in my bonnet. I'm like, I need to get a victory. Now, taking into consideration, I was 11 kilos lighter than usual. I've been running a lot. I was very fit. My resting heart rate was 34 beats per minute. So I was in the best prime peak performance state for, for cardio that I'd ever been in, like ever. And I was feeling mean, right? I had this this fight that was over in 30 seconds and I was like, man, I need to get some sort of win here. So I went up to Brisbane for Mega Run and I went up there with the mentality of, okay, I want to get a sub 45, 10-minute run. And prior to this, my PB was like a 48-minute, 48.5 or something like that, 48.30. So I got there. Anyways, the energy was unreal. The people there, everyone was there. I chucked a couple of Red Bulls back. I don't even ever do that. And the track was down through Kangaroo Point and over the Goodwill Bridge and around the point and um, back around to where near um, uh, Fallon's Brewery is. So all around that sort of area, if you know Brisbane at all. So anyways, we're there on the start line. I'm getting ready and I'm like, I'm going to get to the front of this pack. I need to be in the front. I need to have people at my heels the entire time to push me through. It's going to hurt. It's got to feel amazing though when I get that sub 45. Put my phone in my pouch, have like a little running pouch, put the headphones in, tuned out to the world. It was just me and my demons, okay, and obviously whoever was talking or singing in the, in the song at the time. So we're off. And I start to notice that I'm in front of a lot of the people that I usually would be biting the heels of. And I even had one of these guys come up to me and go, man, you were moving. I couldn't catch you as much as I tried. I could not catch you. And this is something that I'm usually – I'm nowhere near this guy usually, right? So I'm off and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. The body's moving well. Everything's feeling great. I'm like, hey, I might be a chance of this PB here. How good's that? And in my head, I was like, yeah, 45, but I'd be happy with a sub 50 because prior to this, I hadn't been running 10Ks. I'd just been doing little small ones and had only been like using the, the Sunday run that I usually do, which is a 10K as like a recovery run. So cruising along, I started to notice I'm catching up to other people and passing other people. And man, I had a proper bee under my bonnet. I was moving. So we get to the turnaround point and I'm still just pumping along. I'm in the flow. I am just feeling good. Everything's going well. I'm not having any aches, any pains, nothing at all. Mind you, the night before I had been knocked out. So I was very surprised at this, as I'm sure you guys that are hearing this are as well. Now I get to the turnaround point, turn around, I'm busting back. And once again, these guys are at my heels, but I'm just out in front. I just keep moving. And obviously, there's a lot of people that are well in front of me here, but that's cool. I'm fine with that. These are guys that are, you know, uh, like running like, you know, three and a half, four minute Ks, you know, and I'm like, okay, that's not where I'm at yet. Not just yet anyways. So I'm moving along and I'm feeling really good. And I get to this last little bit and it's like these stairs and this big hill. And the big hill comes up to Kangaroo Point where Joey's Diner is. And for anyone that knows where that is, that hill is just, it's, it's the worst. I'm just biting in. Literally, the thought in my head is bite your mouth card. You're on the ropes. Okay, run it straight and throw them fast. And I just ran this hill, powered it up, 
And I get to just before where the finish line is, I pull my phone out to check the time. And as I cross the line, it's 44.59. I didn't look at my phone once on this run, not once, apart from at the very end. And I crossed it with a 44.59. Mind you, I'd set the intention to get a sub 45, 10K on the way there in the morning. Now, if anyone that saw me that day, you know, I was over the moon. After that, I was like, I don't even care about get, I don't even care about getting knocked out last night. That's the least of my worries. I couldn't care less. I've literally just done this PB. Like that is a win. So this is the thing. Even though you might not get the win in the ring, how can you use that win that you've had for mindset and the challenge of obviously going through that fight camp to get a win in other areas in your life? For me, this was my win. But I want to ask you, what is yours? So if you're someone that's about to jump in the ring or you're thinking about having a fight. Win or lose, you're an absolute winner. But how can you take that and take those principles that you've learned over into your life and get a win in other areas? So, Justin, I hope that's helped you, man. Um, like I said, so the big thing for me was if I was having a proper fight like I did, I wouldn't be training in the gym. I'd be literally purely focusing all my attention on boxing, okay? Because the gym does slow you down. Unless you're in there just doing very light conditioning or even just like high rep sort of working on your boxing craft, like, you know, punching with weights and things like that. Uh, working on the endurance side of things, then I wouldn't be going to the gym, especially not to try and lift heavy or put on size. Um, the more size you have, the bulkier you are, the slower you move. Uh, and that comes across in the art of boxing itself. So that would be my big recommendation. The second recommendation would be, what are you fighting for? And if you're not getting paid to do it, then is it worth taking the weight cut and having all that anger and all, all this is the thing. I know I'm an angry person when I'm hungry. I'm sure a lot of you guys are too, but think about the repercussions that could have on the family and the friends and the people around you um, and how it could also impact the rest of your life. And the third thing, the third thing that I want to bring to attention here is even though you might not win in the ring, okay, by jumping in that ring in the first place, you're an absolute winner, but how can you take that mentality and that mindset and that discipline and that ownership over into other areas of your life to have a win in those areas? Guys, um, I hope that you got something out of that today. If there's anything else you want me to talk about, experiences in my life, experiences um, with other things going on in other people's lives, not other people's lives, but you know what I mean, just just general topics um, or something you'd like me to cover a bit more in depth, please send me a comment, send me a message, get in contact because I want to try and serve you guys to the best of my ability. That's what this platform is all about is to give back to you guys and to hopefully, 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 and I know it's not just hopeful because... I've already seen it in other people, but to create some change, to create change in the world and, and the people around us. And that is my dream when it comes to the Interchange podcast because change comes from within us, but by leading by example, we're going to help to inspire change in others. Thanks, guys.